The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by ComBank, committed to being a better bank. Find out more at combank.com.au forward slash better. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Wednesday the 16th of October. In your squeeze today, the US moves to sanction Turkey, questions about drought assistance, the IMF on our economy, and our hero, Floyd. This is your squeeze today. Starting on the US withdrawal of troops from Syria, Donald Trump has put in a phone call to Turkish President Erdogan to ask him to, and this is a quote from Vice President Mike Pence, stop the invasion to implement an immediate ceasefire and to begin to negotiate with Kurdish forces in Syria. On the other hand, Turkey has said that the president had given the go-ahead on their plan to move against the Kurds in a phone call just 10 days ago, something Trump strongly denies. And this is where all that messy situation comes to a head. There's plenty of people asking if Donald Trump was A-OK with it all 10 days ago, how can he move against Turkey now? And that's what happened yesterday. Donald Trump has authorised sanctions against Turkish leaders. He's reimposed steel tariffs and he's also ended negotiations on a US-Turkey trade deal. So he's saying now that he's fully prepared to swiftly destroy Turkey's economy uh, and it needs Turkey to back off. As for what's happening on the ground, Syrian government forces who are backed by Russia are heading towards that northeastern corner of Syria. And this is a really interesting development overnight. Yesterday, there was quite a bit of commentary saying that this has all turned out to be a fairly significant victory, both for Russia and for Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. Russia has said that it's going to step up and try and push Turkey back and enforce some order in that area. Uh, As for where things are at, the United Nations say that dozens of civilians there have been killed and that at least 160,000 people have fled the area. Second up, we're heading back to Australia and talking about the drought with some questions being raised about whether the government is doing enough to help farmers as water reserves dry up after three years now of severe drought. It came to a head yesterday with Scott Morrison going on Alan Jones' 2GB program in Sydney. It was an interview that got quite a bit of airplay beyond that actual uh, time slot yesterday. It started and ended on good enough terms, but there was a whole bit in the middle where the two went toe-to-toe about the government support for farmers and rural communities. Jones, of course, saying that the Commonwealth should step up and do more and Morrison trying to underline where that $7 billion in federal funds has gone uh, as this drought continues to get worse and with the Bureau of Meteorology this week saying that there's no rain on the on the horizon, we can expect things to continue to get pretty tense. Yeah, tense and emotional, of course. Still here in Australia and the International Monetary Fund has backed the Reserve Bank's interest rate cuts. It has and says that we can expect our economic growth to continue to slow. Uh, last year, it predicted our economic growth would be about 2 It's now cut that to 1.7%. That's actually higher than what our economic growth currently is. It's currently at 1.4%. But in total, the world economy is expected to grow by 3%. So we're a fair whack under how the rest of the world is going. Uh, And it's a long way down from where we were not that long ago. Details are still a bit sketchy on this one, but it seems a family of six aged between 18 to 25 and a 58 
Eight-year-old man have been found living in the basement of a farmhouse outside a small village in the Netherlands. There's no real sense of where the parents of those siblings are, but uh, yeah, six of them living in a basement apparently waiting for the end of time were discovered. The eldest sibling uh, went to a local pub, uh, apparently ordered and drank five beers and then told staff that he and his family needed help. Uh, That 58-year-old man has been arrested and apparently isn't really cooperating with inquiries. Reports are at this stage that they've been living that way for about nine years. This one is a bit hard to believe also, but hear us out. Yuri Garnas is the Director General of Russia's anti-doping agency. On Sunday, he said that his country had made thousands of changes to drug test results for an unspecified number of athletes. And you'd expect someone who left the position or apparently was some sort of whistleblower to say that, but Mm. yeah, he's still the Director General of that agency. He was speaking at a conference in Colorado on the weekend and the New York Times picked up those comments and ran it fairly large yesterday. Garner said that what the government had been doing was protecting the reputations of really big name athletes. Uh, particularly those who now have roles in in the government or as sports administrators in Russia. Uh, It's come at a very interesting time, though, because there's a big meeting in the week after next where uh, sporting heads are going to talk about whether Russia needs to be excluded on an ongoing basis because of their doping program, and that could include an exclusion from the Tokyo Olympics next year. Of course, Russia was already barred from the 2018 Winter Olympics. And whilst we're on doping, a report in Melbourne's Herald Sun this morning says doubts have been cast over the Australian Anti-Doping Agency's handling of the Essendon Supplements scandal. The report says the substance at the heart of it all was listed as banned just the day before the club reported it to the AFL, which was months after players stopped using it. Expect a lot around about that today. To the Booker Prize and the judges this year have broken the rules awarding a joint winner. The first time this has happened in 30 years, Claire. Apparently they argued strenuously about doing that. The rules are the rules and they're not meant to actually hand it over to two people. But Margaret Atwood uh, has had a nod for the Testaments, which is only just recently out. It's the follow-up to The Handmaid's Tale. And also Bernadine Avaristo, who has a book, uh, Girl, Woman, Other. It's um, told through 12 different characters who are mostly black women. Uh, tied for first place, they split the prize money, which is almost uh, $100,000. I'm ashamed to say I haven't read either of them, Claire. I know. I used used to be so good and read the Booker Prize finalists every year and I haven't done that for a while. Put it on the Christmas list, I think. Yeah, exactly. A message now from our partner BP. Since 2018, BP has run a low-carbon accreditation program which identifies low-carbon opportunities. One of the 52 global activities to be certified through the Advancing Low-Carbon Accreditation Program is BP's partnership with OzHarvest. That's Australia's leading food rescue organisation. Stay listening at the end of the podcast as thanks to BP, I've been able to have a chat with OzHarvest CEO and founder Ronnie Khan about OzHarvest's work. She gives some great insights and practical tips on how you individually can help reduce your food waste. Plenty of dog content at the bottom of the Squeeze Today email for lovers of our furry friends, Claire, but it's Floyd 
the Mastiff that's really speaking to us today. <laughs> Floyd is just a hero. He went for a walk <laughs> with his owner up a really big hill and he got to the top and he sat down and he wasn't going to move any further. So, look, if you're hiking, I reckon that's the way to go. What happened is emergency services came in, put him on a stretcher and carried him down. They had, yeah, it took about four hours to complete the rescue. It was getting quite <laughs> cold, this all in Salt Lake City, but he was not one for budging. And pleasingly, the emergency services workers said they were more than happy to do it. They thought he was a very good boy, even though he wouldn't move. <laughs> even though he wouldn't walk down the hill. Down the hill's the easy part, doesn't he know yeah. that? <laughs> Someone should have um, told him. <laughs> what's the email subject line today? Uh, well, Floyd has inspired me in that way. I've gone for the good Jack Johnson song, which I hadn't thought about oh, for yeah. a while. Um, I was sitting, waiting, wishing. He oh, did a lot of perfect. sitting, Floyd. That's perfect. Yeah. Thank you for listening to The Squiz. If you enjoy tuning in each morning, please tell others about us. That's the number one way that new listeners find us. Enjoy your Wednesday and we'll chat to you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesqueeze.com.au. Ronnie Khan is the CEO and founder of Oz Harvest. Ronnie, thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's a real treat to be here. No worries. Ronnie, most listening would be very familiar with Oz Harvest, but it'd be great to hear in your words about the organisation you've built. Thank you so much because you're 100% right. Most people would know yellow vans and see us on the road rescuing food and delivering it to people in need, which is what we do at our core. But we absolutely focused on education. We focused on bringing awareness around food waste to the citizens of Australia. It's a global issue and we have to shift and change behaviour. It's very topical at the moment too. It's actually very timely that we're doing this interview. In Australia alone, more than 5 million tonnes of food ends up as landfill. Plenty of squizzers listening may well be wondering what they can do day to day to help combat food waste. What's the practical things we can do? Thank you because really... We are the solution, and so I'm thrilled that you asked me because each and every one of us can save money and help us save our planet since we don't have another one. And one of the easiest things all of us can do is to make a shopping list before we go shopping, even if we go once a week or every day because all the times we duplicate what we've already got, it causes us to waste food. So, So we have a new mantra, look buy, cook, store. Look what's in your fridge. Look what's in your pantry. Make a list before you go shopping. Buy what you need. Store it appropriately. So the freezer is a pause button. Put it in the fridge if it should be in the fridge. If it's herbs, wrap it up in a damp cloth. They'll last longer in your fridge. And then cook it, eat it. And use the leftovers. I like the eating it part. (laughs) Look, buy, cook and store and use that freezer. That's probably my biggest hurdle. I've got to whack more stuff in the freezer, I think. Absolutely. You've spoken extensively of the fact that if food waste were a country, it would be the third largest emitter of greenhouse gas after the USA and China. This year, Oz Harvest was awarded the first BP advancing low carbon accreditation in Australia. Talk us through the work you're doing with BP and how it will reduce carbon emissions. Well, it was absolutely terrific to receive the accreditation earlier this year because reducing emissions is absolutely critical. In 2018, 
we rescued 8,517 tons of food, all fueled by BP. And that in turn saved 3,500 tons of carbon dioxide equivalent from being released into the atmosphere. Now, this is crucial to minimize global warming, climate change. Most people don't realize that food waste is such a critical part of global warming. You've made no secret of your ambition to have Oz Harvest become the number one food rescue organization in the world. How are you tracking? Well, we're tracking pretty well, but actually what's far more important to me is to actually put ourselves out of business in that mm. solving a problem. Solve the problem. And Good I point. certainly didn't create Oz Harvest to be to, to, for perpetuity. So what we're really working on is getting us all committed to minimizing food waste, working with partners like BP to minimize food waste to get it to people in need in the first instance, but to change and shift our behavior to become more sustainable, to value food and love our planet. And just to finish off, um, it's a significant date today in your line of work, Ronnie. It's World Food Day, which aims to achieve better nutrition and reduce hunger across the globe. That's what that day's for. What's your message to people listening on this day? So today I will say that we have... About 3,684 days until 2030 where we have committed, Australia has committed, and globally we've committed to halving food waste by 2030. So today I say value your food, appreciate it, buy it carefully, use it up, and make sure that you are the wonderful citizen of this planet rather than the wasteful citizen. Ronnie, it's been great to speak with you. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This conversation with Ronnie Khan, the CEO of Oz Harvest, was brought to you by our podcast sponsor, BP. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more. Hey.